Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We are Cavan Podcast. Because Cavan is not just a place, it's a people. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the McAvoy Super Value GEA Podcast on wearecavan.com. I'm Damien Donahue. And on this week's show, we're going to be looking over a number of different subjects. We're going to kind of dip our toe into them rather than, than dive head force and go for a swim in the middle of them. Uh, we're going to be talking about the, the Division 3 final, league final that never took place. We're going to talk about the Cavan on the 20s, the new SNC coach that Cavan County Board have appointed. Um, we're going to briefly jump into... Crush Law's kicking game, which a lot of people seem to be talking about, and we're also going to try to rank where the county final between Crush Law and Castle Rahan, um I suppose gets in the standings of, of county finals over the last maybe decade or so, so um, when you're going back into the history, who better to bring with you than, than Paul Fitzpatrick, the sports editor of the anglo Cell? Paul, thanks a million for thanks joining for us on the journey thanks again. Thanks for saying I'm stuck in the past there. Stuck in well, I said uh, yeah. I I didn't quite say you're stuck in the past. I, I I think what I was trying to do was compliment you, and it came out like a kick in the ass, <laughs> as it always it does. Would be like a- let's let's get up to the top of the sorry, maybe not top of the talking, but very very high up in it in the county. People are wondering what happened with the Division Three All County Football League final, where Killing Care were due to take on Drumlane last Saturday, the twenty first or twentieth, whichever it was. Um, and the game never took place. Yeah, well, I suppose, uh, where would you start? I think that Tremlane's reasoning was that they were missing a lot of players uh, for the game. Now, if you're a Tremlane supporter, you'll say, well, we've been representing the county last weekend. We played the county final the week before. We played the drawing game the week before that. It's a league final. It's domestic football. Give us a break. We want another couple of weeks here to, to get over this it's not like they were out well I'm sure they were partying but they were were representing the county for their field uh, in the premiership you'd probably get another game you'd, get, you'd, you'd be given some leeway if you're playing in Europe put it like that um, and they're yeah, professionals you might so, be given your day either side yeah well that's that's what I'm sure Drumlane would say they're missing all these players now what Killing Care will say is that okay there seemed to be a sort of gentleman's agreement or an informal agreement after the county final that between the clubs that uh, they would decide among themselves when they would play the game at a time that suited everyone now I think that's agreed that that the teams have agreed that 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 took place yeah well they they agreed and again I I spoke with both the Drumlin chairman and the Killing Care chairman the Drumlin point of view was that that is the situation. The, the Killing Care point of view was that there was a discussion after the junior final in the Hotel Kilmore about, look, we'll, 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 we'll work together on this. Yeah. And that, that, was, that was as far as it went. Now, I suppose my point possibly on this is the clubs don't get to decide. When that's what I was here. just getting on to. If there was some sort of an agreement there, fair enough. But the agreement was was dependent on the clubs agreeing. If the clubs can't agree on a date, which I think happened in this case, Jermaine didn't want to play this again because they said they were missing all these players. Killing Care have players out of the country. 
uh, on the next couple of weekends and are missing players. If they can't agree, the county board steps in and fixes the game. Probably should have been done from the start if the county board fixed it. Well, that's, that is what happened. That's actually what happened. So, essentially, the two clubs agreed or, or had a brief discussion, junior final. A week later, Drumlane go out, beaten by Emmy Vale, and a few players come to Paul Fitzpatrick or come to the management I think it was and say well look at I have a wedding one player had a wedding and one was away for the weekend and they, they, they said look at you go on ahead you know go go to your wedding go go away for the weekend this league final won't be played until we agree and then on the Monday morning Paul Fitzpatrick the chairman of the of the Drumlane Club sees the email and you know says Jesus well this this has already been fixed so then proceeded to ask Killing Care to change. But well, at that point, um, you know, I personally think Drumlane are, are probably in the wrong here um, myself. I can understand where they're coming from, but I was given the list from, from a Drumlane official showing that they're missing eight players. Now, one of the fellas on the list has gone to Australia. He's not going to be back, Fergal Brady. He's not going to be back regardless if it was fixed for a month's time or two months' time, I don't imagine. So mm. you could say he's gone anyway. So you could say seven. Um, like Drumlane talked out, I think thirty-one players in the county final. Uh, so that still leaves you. That still leaves you twenty-three players. And again, on this, the Drumlane chairman said to me that there was two players away, and that there was one player hospitalised after the Emmyvale game, and then there was a there was a few niggly injuries that they wanted to give time to recover. So it's you know. You could say that if if they went out in Ulster the following week, you know, right, the two players wouldn't have gone to their wedding or wouldn't have gone for the weekend, and the the niggly injuries would have been fine to play in Ulster. The reality is that that is the reality. I think that that uh, as you, if it was a championship match, an Ulster club match, or um, a county championship match, if it was the county final replay, for example, Drumlane would have been able to find a way to field a team. Yeah. So I think the the issue here is. Uh, not that Jermaine couldn't feel the team, is that it probably didn't feel that the, the league was worth feeling, feeling a weakened team for. That's basically it. That's their prerogative. I, I think it's wrong because I think that uh, teams can't pick and choose what matches to play or competitions would be in disarray. Um, you can't pick and choose. You can't turn around. You're involved in Mullerhorn and you couldn't turn around and say, we're missing a few players. We're going to concede that league match. It, it would just make a, make a mockery of the league. And especially when it happens in the final, I think it's bad. Look at... The, like the the other side, I, I, and and to give a bit of balance on this, what you'd like to see happen in a situation like this is sportsmanship comes and and comes to the fore, and essentially what Drumlane are saying is we'd have played it any weekend between now and Christmas. Now, I can I can understand why Killing Care said, "Hold on, that's going on indefinitely." You have your costs of 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 showers of lighting of management of you know all costs building up for a game that could be six weeks away and and that's all you're training for running off indefinitely wasn't really a for me a good option and killing care were missing players for the next three weekends but having said that you know maybe trying to find some sort of a compromise i think killing care's response was pretty much no we're playing it this Saturday, and be, that because we have players missing the next three weekends, and we don't want it to go off. I, I can, I, I'd like to think that the GA is above those, you know, those sort of things that we try to help each other out. But then going off for three weeks, why should Killing Care, you know, weaken themselves? Then why are why are Drumlane being forced into 
four weeks in a row of, of yeah. heavy competition. Yeah. You know, I, I can see the two sides on this. I, 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 I can see it. I can see it too. Um, but like the reason I say I feel that Jermaine are in the wrong on it is because Jermaine are contending that the league means a lot to them and they want to have their strongest team out for it. But yet, it doesn't even mean enough to play it to fulfil the fixture. Mm. Regardless, look, Jermaine have won the championship. They've got promoted. They've achieved their goals for the year. The league title is probably not worth a whole pile to them. But the league title is worth an awful lot to kill and care because they they want to get a cup. They've been on the road for a couple of years, and it's been diminished. And it's it's been diminished. It's they've been got the cup, dimi- but it's probably it's been diminished by the fact that they didn't have to play the game, the final for the cup. Now, but they, they, they did finish top of the table, which yeah, is... That, yeah, so they, they can honestly say, look, we were the best team over the course of the league, and nobody can argue with that. They were top yeah. of the league. The, the the other thing here is, if this league final was between Jermlaine and Kilachandra or Kildallan, the neighbouring clubs as well, or anyone else that was in the mix at the top of that division, they probably would have been able to find a way to get this game played. But I have a feeling there's a bit of bad blood there. There is. Like there was some running battle on the sideline, I think, in the finals, and I mean that happens in Championship football, and it'll all be forgotten about in, in the over the course of time. But I'd say it's coming very soon after the, those Championship finals. Uh, Kilkenny yeah. probably stung. Maybe I know that there was a disciplinary issue um, that Jermaine highlighted about Kilkenny, someone in the Kilkenny backroom team, different things like that. So that's probably a factor in it as well. So maybe maybe Kilkenny said they're going to dig their heels in. Why should we accommodate it? Um, mm. if, you know, so the, the, it's it's an unfortunate sure, situation. I, I know, I know from immediately after the drawn game, and obviously we spoke about it on the podcast. There was a lot of frustration, frustration with the killing care people over the runner coming on the field and 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 interrupting the killing care kickouts, and then the the sighting of of one of the backroom team by Drum Lane. Um, you know, th- those two things. It 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 made that there was bad blood before any. Any decisions were going to be made going into this situation, so it's and 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 even taken away from that, let's reverse the role the following weekend. If the game, if the county board had fixed it for the following weekend, that that Drumlane wanted it, the bank this weekend, you know, the bank holiday Sunday, you know, initially fixed it for that date, would Killing Care have conceded that date because they were missing seven players or five players or two players, you know. I, I, I don't think I don't think Drumlane were right to concede this. I think maybe right to highlight that that it was it was unfair of them to play have to play four weeks in a row and and to go out and, and have to play without players because of injury in Ulster, whatever way they wanted to phrase it, go out and play it. Mm. Like I, I I don't think that that's fair on the the fifteen to twenty three players no, number 15 to number 23 on the Drumlane panel, who would have got game time in a county final, albeit a league final, and got the opportunity to go out and play the game. But there's bound to be fellas there that got very little football um, over the course of the championship. They're going to get a championship medal. This was an opportunity for them in years to come and look back and go, OK, I didn't play the championship final, but I was on the team for the league final. Yeah. And they'd be able to say that I was, I was really a part of that. That's yeah. not going to happen now. Um, yeah. And... You know, I, I just think it's very unfortunate. Like, and Jermaine were war the junior champions, like, Definitely. and and I mean, they really manned up in that replay and showed what the football are capable of playing. And, and I really think that Jermaine would have done well in Ulster only if the, the six day turnaround against uh, the best team in it 
who had a couple of weeks of a break and are so experienced in, three in, weeks. Ulster, in Ulster. Yeah, the three but weeks, like the time to come impossible. down and watch two games of Drumlane. You know, Emmyville got huge preparation ah, for stop. that Drumlane game. It was it, such an advantage. It was almost, it was almost an impossible task there. It was, uh, yeah. but uh, which was unfortunate for Drumlane as well. But look, I just think it's it's a, it's an awful mess. It's time to move on from it. Yeah, hopefully the, other, the clubs will, will patch things up. Yeah, because the, the other point on it, and, and we raised it very briefly there, but. I spoke with a Drumlane player last Saturday and in the conversation he he said to me that there was no there was no messages on the WhatsApp group stating that that game was going ahead um or that it was going to be cancelled you know it, it was basically that no the game's not going to be fixed until the two clubs agree so I I'm wondering were the, were the Drumlane players involved? All of the Drumlane players, I say, because I only spoke to one. But all, were all of the Drumlane players involved in this process, in the decision making of this process? And, and would how did they feel about this? Yeah, look, I mean, I don't know. That's spe- speculation. I couldn't make a comment mm-hmm. on that. But um, you know, were, the, were all the killing care players involved? Either maybe the killing care lads would have said, maybe some of the killing care lads. Were, Wanted a week off too. I might have said, "Look, well, we're happy to play. It might suit us better next week." Well, I, I I do know all the killing care players were involved in it because the the message was put up on the killing care WhatsApp group. Um, I was told by a killing care player. I I done my homework on this one, and they they basically replied. There was the I know Louis Fay Cooper, Kevin McCabe, Kieran Sexton, Gary Denning were all missing over the next three weeks um, and, and a few others on top but so the, the message went up on the Killing Care WhatsApp group saying look Drumlane want to change this game um, to the bank holiday Sunday um, you know what way are you fixed lads and the, the messages came back in such a way that, that the following three weeks were, were always going to be a problem so it, it definitely in Killing Care players were consulted OK well there you go well Look, I mean, it's, I don't know what more we can say about it. Only yeah. that it's a mess, and um, you know, I I think Jermaine are probably at fault, but maybe their hand was forced as well. Um, and like the Ulster Club game, really was was probably the problem there. Like I know Dan O'Dowd got an injury, and it left it just that they were running on empty at that stage. I suppose to throw to throw uh, uh, maybe a, a possible solution that should have been looked at. Um, and I, I, I actually seen the email from from the the secretary of the CCC or the fixtures committee um, stating that look, at, we want to get this game finished as soon as possible, but we're willing to accommodate if the two clubs can agree on an alternative date. Maybe before making the fixture for six seven days after Drumlane were out, I, I, a phone call. To Drumlane or a phone call to to Killing Care to say, look, it, we're thinking of this date might have helped the, the situation. I know hindsight is twenty twenty, but yeah, I don't know if it would have because what alternative date were you going to get? Neither club were going to be at full strength on last weekend, this weekend, or sorry, this weekend, next weekend, the week after. Both clubs are going to be short players. Um, Killing Care going to be short players. Mm. Drumlane going to be short players. What, so. what I can't, what I can't understand then, why why couldn't they go a wedding tonight? If it means that little or that much, yeah. To, a Wednesday night, you'd imagine, would have made more sense. You know, even even the Wednesday night after, you know, give them ten days recovery. You know, what's wrong with a midweek play it in the three G pitch? Or maybe that was suggested somewhere along the line. Look, maybe, yeah. Who, who knows? You'd, it's a shame. You'd, you'd need um, you need a conciliation for this. Yeah, <laughs> we're not mediators, David, so we stay out of it. Definitely not. Definitely not. Shame <laughs> altogether. But anyway, we'll we'll, we'll move on. Um, 
I've been asked a couple of times by a couple of different people to bring this up on the podcast, and we talk about how every one of us, everybody listening into this, and and, and myself and yourself included, all want to see Cavan do well, Paul, at any age group, but majority so at senior level. And the next level down from that, the preparation for senior is now on the 20s. Cavan on the 20s have done nothing. Absolutely nothing. Not met, not done any strength and conditioning, not done a run, not not nothing since they were beaten by Donegal and Celtic Park. That was back in what date? End was, of uh, May? It, no, it was, yeah, it was May, yeah. Um, that's, that's, it was the middle of May. Uh, that's... Um, so shocking, really. Like essentially, at this at this juncture, and I again in preparation for this, I made a few inquiries about uh, Tyrone. I I found out that Tyrone on the twenties continued training. I think that essentially the under eighteens from two years ago, the entire panel brought in their sorry, they brought in brought brought back around to continue on their strength and conditioning work. Now, they're not doing any field sessions, but their physical preparation has continued the right right the way through from when they were under 18. So any players that were overage for under 17 this year gone by, but maybe didn't make the under 20s, they're all on a strength and conditioning program and athletic development program. Um, the same is going on in Derry. I spoke with, with, with Brian MacGyver in Derry about this. Um, the same is going on in Mead. Jamie Queenie has told me that that the underage are, are continuing to, on the twenties are going pretty much twelve months of the year where they're not necessarily meeting every single week, but they're being continually assessed to are they developing in the way we want them physically. In Cavan, we've done nothing. We've done absolutely nothing, and we're expecting them to compete. And the phrase that keeps coming back to mind with me is when. Mick Flynn told me about being asked to go in with the under-14 ladies a good few years back, and, and he said, geez, I'd love to, when's the competition? And he was told it was in a month's time. He says, no, 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 hold on a second. Give them a chance to be able to compete. But we're not giving our under-20s a chance. When you when you list it out, I didn't really know what to say on this, but when, when you list out what the other counties are doing, and you've done your research there, Damien, that it does sound like we're really lagging behind. Like, okay, you can say... There's going to be a good few of those crush all lads on it, so what you know they're probably tied up with their club. That may be a half a dozen. Ram are out of the championship since the quarter final. There's going to be a few more that would have been available. They could have still been doing strength and conditioning programs, or they could have just. I suppose it's more a matter of keeping them in the loop, making sure they're thinking like county players and looking after themselves. And no, they're aware. That I'm a county player, and and I have to have the lifestyle of a county player. Lifestyle is, I suppose, so important mm. at that level now as well. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I don't know. It like, sounds bad. Like, is is Kevin Down staying on as manager? Is that confirmed yet, or do we know? It was confirmed. Now there's there's question marks going around at the minute, and and I haven't spoken with Kevin Downs on this, um, or or or, or anybody. But there is, there is question marks over. I know he was. He 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 was told, or he told that he was going to stay on for another year, and then since that point which was four or five weeks ago maybe something something has changed that that maybe he, he may not be staying on now I don't know and again this is this is my question I suppose going out to people or trying to find out is it that Kevin Downs hasn't done the work is it that Kevin Downs just basically said oh look at I'm not going to do it 
Or is it that the county board are saying, no, you're not getting the resources to go out and do this? Maybe there's a plan in place that we're not aware of. And they're, they've, they've been saying all along, look, Kevin, you're the manager for next year. On the 1st of November or the 1st of December, whatever it is, that's when you start and you've got six months access to those fellas. Like six months surely is long enough. No, it's not. Not, not in this day and age. And, and, and don't get me wrong, the six months access is, is your football development. I'm still, what I'm talking about is, and, and you, you mentioned the Crush Law lads or, or Ram or boys, I'm not talking about these boys coming in and training once a week or twice a week and doing football training. I'm just talking about these boys being, as you said, exposed to the fact that, right, your strength and conditioning work, boys, this is what you need to do. You're, you're at a stage in your life where you need to develop your body physically. And what we're, we should be looking to do in Cavan is say, right, well, you know, our, our 18 year olds, lads who are over age from their 17s, our 18 year olds are on a path, the start of a three year strength and conditioning program that will have them by the time that they are 20, 21, they're physically strong enough and athletically developed enough to play county senior football. That's not a six month of the year project. That's a 12 months of the year. It's a 36 month project. You know, and what we're doing is just completely neglecting it in Cavan and hoping that we get something out of this. This yeah. is, you know, it's it, it, it's it's very frustrating now. And I know Cavan County Board made a brilliant move in the fact that they're, they've said they're going to appoint a strength and conditioning coach. And that brings me on to my next point. The strength and conditioning coach, the person, the candidate has been identified, has been offered the job, has been given the job. The job initially, when it was being advertised, was to start in the first week in October. The candidate, when being interviewed, said that he was available to start somewhere around that date. I'm not sure exactly on those dates, apparently. This is what I've been told. And now it turns out that he won't start until the first week in December. Now, by that stage, you would be hopeful that the under-17s have already started, that the under-20s hopefully are back at it, and definitely your county seniors, who are only four weeks away from their first game at that stage, should be well into a strength and conditioning programme. But now we're going to have a situation that your county seniors, possibly on the 20s and your under 17s, are going to start strength and conditioning programme without our new strength and conditioning coach Im- implementing it. What's the reason for this today? The, apparently, he's... And again, I, can't, I, I, I wasn't actually told the name, but he's under contract... Sorry, he was under contract with, uh, with, with the... It's a professional rugby team that he was involved with, and he was due to finish up, I think, the end of October. And then they said because of time he had taken off earlier on, they've they've held him on for an extra month, and he there was nothing he could do about it. He was he was obliged legally obliged to do it, but it's it's still not good enough. At the, at the end of the day, he's still not going to be implementing the strength and conditioning or 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 designing the strength and conditioning program for those three key squads in Cavan's development. Yeah, well look, there's no doubt that like we're talking about strength and conditioning, we're talking about under twenties. Like we fell down badly in the under twenty match against Donegal in terms of strength and condition this year. Like anyone could see that. They were it was men against boys in a lot of positions on the field. And uh so you'd imagine like that that would have been something that would have been addressed immediately after that game. And Kevin Downs brought it up immediately after that game. Straight within ten minutes of the game, like mm. you spoke to him, and he was saying like about strength and conditioning. So it's a surprise to find that six months on, um, 
We've, well, I won't say there's nothing done about it because a, a man has been appointed, but he's not in the job yet. And I don't know how long it takes to appoint someone and get them in the job. Um, but it seems to be a slow process because it's a long time since that that was first mooted. Like that's a good few months ago. And you know, I wouldn't be surprised if if um, a bit of public uproar maybe caused the powers of be to, to think about that that move. And I know there was a bit of a backlash to our comments at the time on the radio, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I wouldn't be one bit surprised if that might have influenced things because, but I mean, if if that's the case, we've we've done the state some service, as Charlie Hawley said. Yeah, yeah, but it it, it still it, it it still doesn't help. Like you say, on the twenties, and you're a hundred percent right. I'd go I go two steps further. Under seventeens, I think physically we weren't strong enough to compete with with Monaghan when when they got their hands on us for the second in the in the semi final. I think physically we weren't we weren't strong enough at that level, and a good few people pointed that out. And I would say at under sixteen level, physically we weren't as strong as Mead and Mead, who have done. I know that they're under sixteens this year's under sixteens started. A strength and conditioning program, don't get me wrong, they're not chewing weights, they're not lifting metal, but what they are doing is making sure that their their body is as lean as it can possibly be. And what I've seen it on their 16 level this year was, while we would have a few boys who are on strength and conditioning programs through St. Pat's, we tried to implement strength and conditioning, or, or done our best, where the two Whartons, in fairness to them, come in back in February, done done one session with the lads, said right away, you go use work on that, but they, they weren't reassessed until Easter. And at that point, they, they were meant to be reassessed after four weeks. There was no strength and conditioning essentially done, is what I'm saying, with the under-16s. There was two sessions in total done with them. And when we came up against Mead, the hits that we were putting in in the earlier games that were, that were hurting the opposition turned out to be hurting us against Mead because they have two years of that done well the only thing I'd say to that Damien yeah look I agree with you you make a very convincing case there but playing devil's advocate and keeping the thing balanced two things number one I've never seen a beaten team that's well beaten where someone come out saying oh, they, were, they were beaten but they were physically stronger there's something about a beaten team that always makes them look weaker sometimes they, yeah. it's because they okay. are weaker but sometimes like, you rarely see a team lose and people come out and go geez, yeah we were, we were stronger and faster to the ball there no, it's just they just won't be because they're beaten, and that's it. The other thing is, someone on the on the other side, and this, I know this is a bit of a Jacques moment from you, but someone on the other side, the people that you're saying, well, who's this? Is, why is this not be done? They could turn around and say, well, okay, you weren't as strong as me, but you must have been as strong as you know, the Leitrims and the Longfords and the Dublins and teams that you beat. Yeah. So maybe me is just exceptionally strong crop of young lads. Yeah, possibly so. Possibly so. So you could take the under sixteen. But I, I tend to agree with you. I'm just, I'm just yeah, saying, yeah, no, no. advocate. You, you, you could possibly take the under sixteens out of it. But my, my point being that we're not doing the work. The, the underage, there's no strength and conditioning, and and we're still not doing the work at development squads. And, and people asked a while ago about you know Damien talking about development squads. This year, I know for a fact that. The under fifty, the under sixteens, we done lots of work. We done a lot of sessions without giving the number out. We and yet we still came in at a fraction of what Mead done or what Roscommon done. Now we were still well ahead of Roscommon, far better team than Roscommon. Um, but that that came down to the fact that I have to say that I think the schools, some of the schools are doing great work, 
not to name any in particular, but and some of the club coaching is 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 exceptionally good. But take it back then to <coughs> under fifteens. The number of sessions done by the Cavan under fifteens was you could count on fingers and toes, put it that way, or less. You could probably count on fingers. Um, the under-14s goes down lower, and the under-13s, which apparently is now a development squad as well, goes down lower. So I, I've been made aware of a, a management meeting of the Cavan County Board where the number of sessions and what was done with the development squads was um, was was circulated or or was, was definitely... It, it was circulated to some members of the of the management. Now, my interpretation of the numbers on that document are that they're inaccurate, that they're not uh, that they're, that they're not one hundred percent accurate. And one of the points on the document that I've been told about is that the the under sixteens done um, strength and conditioning or, or athletic development program and completed phases one and phases two. Now, if completing phases one and phases two mean that they were shown phase one and shown phase two, then maybe they have completed them. But they definitely were never tested on them or never come back to see how have you gone, has there been an improvement on this. So I I suppose my my overall point on, on, on this is that bringing it from the under 20s right down to our under 13s, I don't think there's a plan in place. I think we're just driving in the dark and hoping that we land at a destination. And I think it's something that Calvin County Board have to look at, sit down and put a plan together, or coaching and games have to come and put a plan together and then stick to that plan. Because Look at them, and you're, you're involved at the coalface of it and coaching with development squads, so you know better than me. And I know that what you're saying is completely genuine and based on what you've you've witnessed because you're one of these people that gives up your time to do it. I cover the games and I pick up bits and pieces from talking to different people. You don't always get all that much information from county boards from from the county board. But what you're saying there like is alarming and I think that if this was to be put to to someone in a position of authority whose job it is to produce footballers or whatever they could probably turn around and say Ulster minor finals, all Ireland semi-finals, you know, all th- these different achievements. And I actually believe that we're getting a better quality of footballer because, the, okay, it's a numbers game. The number of footballers has gone down at underage level drastically. If you go, if you base on the number of teams entering competitions, it's gone down hugely. From t- 1997, we had, we had 39 under 16 teams entered in the in the thing. Like we're down to high 20s now, and it's all amalgamations. But I actually think it's almost like a blessing in disguise because these amalgamations are bringing up standards mm. and I think we've a better quality of footballer and I, I for going by what you're saying it sounds to me like the amalgamations are bringing up the standards there's good coaching going on at some of the schools and I think that might be papering over the cracks as you say it sounds like we don't really have a roadmap there but we're getting away with it because we do have good footballers coming through they're actually good footballers who have been brought through maybe by their clubs and their schools and where let's say that you take a, a really good footballer from somewhere like Lacken. In the past, he might have played Division Three underage. Now he's playing Division One underage because he's in an amalgamation mm-hmm. and he's been exposed to the higher level. And we know that playing Division One underage football gives you a better footballer. Like I mean, it stands the reason. Well, look at Castlerahan. Look at Crushella. Yeah. Both teams, you know, came through 
with underage success at Division 1. And Arva are a great example of a team that, that was in the doldrums for a long time. Suddenly they get a crop of lads in an amalgamation playing Division 1 underage football and they go from junior to senior in a short space of time. Like It stands to reason. Yeah, it definitely does. It, the, the, the point, I suppose, the overall point being though that while we have a better quality of footballer coming in from the club, are we making the most of the opportunities that we have with these better quality footballers? Are we putting the right structures in place that will ensure that they can then progress on to county seniors? And I don't think we are. I don't think that there's a pathway there. I don't think that there's a, you know, look, at it, it's, it's, no, it's no secret that midway through, after the under-20s exit in, in Derry, that the the GDM in Cavan decided that he was no longer going to communicate with me over me mentioning strength and conditioning on it, um, on on that broadcast and, and the lack of preparation on it. So I don't understand how if if I fall out with you, if I have an argument with you, we'll have an argument. Happens regular. Uh, we will like, and we'll have it. We'll have an argument. We'll we'll burn it out, and then we'll we'll decide that that okay. Well, I see your point of view, and you see mine, and, and away we go, and we try to improve things and work on it. But not communicating never solves anything in this situation. And I think that. For a Cavan under sixteen manager to not be in communication with the GDM shows that there's no there's no pathway there. There was no from day dot there was no instruction that this is exactly how the entire year is going to go and this is the targets for the year for the group of players or whatever the case may be. But it's it's something that needs to be solved. And, and I'll ask you a question then, Damien, <coughs> based on that. I, I'm not going to comment on that because it's a relationship you have or don't have in this case. Would would this experience put you off giving up your time as a volunteer to be involved with with county underage squads again? Definitely, definitely, without a doubt. And the funny point, well, not a funny point, but the the scary point on this is that the majority, not the majority of the reason, a lot of the reason why I wanted to get involved with the with development squads again was because a number of people had come to me in the previous two three years said that you know. I was involved with the development squad and the thing is a farce. It's an absolute shambles in there. You cannot work. You cannot get this. You cannot get that. You're being pulled against for A, B and C and it's all the time coming that you don't feel like you're getting any support in there. And rather than me come up on podcasts or go on the radio and state that, you know, look, there's there's resistance for every volunteer that goes in there. It's... I said I'd go in. I'd, I'd go in and I'd try. And I went in with... An open mind, trying my best to see, right, you know, could this could this work out? I've come away from it now. Those those particular people came to me and said, "You're mad. Don't go in near the place because you'll only get frustrated. You'll only get, you know, resistance for what you're trying to do consistently." And I'd have to say that that's what my overwhelming experience was when it came to when it came to dealing with the the people who should be helping me out. You know, and and that's that's the reality of it. Now, I have said to the chairman of the county board, who who asked me after I, I let my name go forward for the under seventeen job, I never got a phone call about it. I never got contacted. That's that's a, a different story altogether. And I I have sat down with Gary Farley, and I've given him all the information that I possess, and, and wish him the best of luck. And I think he'll do a great job. But the the point being that in a conversation with the county board chairman, I said, look, it, I'm willing to sit down here 
and go over where I found the issues, where I found the problems, and I want to, and I'll sit down with the GDM, and I'll, 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 I'll have this conversation because I want what's best for Cavan football in the long term. That hasn't been availed of, and that's going back two months. So there's there's an issue here that the GDM at at one particular meeting, and I I I I, I can back this up because it was said in front of a lot of people, came out with a statement that's completely against the GEA he said volunteers are too hard to control and that's why he doesn't want them involved with development squads and I'm sorry but this is an amateur organisation and the majority of the people involved are volunteers I I don't think he can get away with that in in the GEA and I think it's something that look at this isn't a personal attack this is just what I feel should we, we need to address for Cavan football to get better you know uh, you can only say it from the heart, and that's what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, and and and, and believe it or not, people may. I, I wanted to go in this way. I didn't want to probably go in as deep as as I did there, but I do feel these are issues that have to be addressed, and it's uh, it's something for hopefully hopefully will be addressed for the benefit of Cavan football in in the long term, and possibly Horland or whatever development uh, of players that we need to do in the in the county. So that's my uh, that's my rant gone for <laughs> for this year or anyway. <laughs> for this for today, maybe. Um, let, let let us know your opinions on it, folks. Anyway, and and as I said, we're we're more than happy to to hear the other side of the story. If if anybody wants to come in, if the GTM wants to come in and sit down, we're we're more than happy to have this discussion on a podcast or or even in private. It doesn't matter. It's it's just to try to get the best out for Cavan football. Speaking of Cavan football, Crushala and their kicking game. A lot of people are talking about their kicking game. Have you joy- heard the same? Yeah, big time. Uh, Crushlow were an absolute joy to watch. Absolutely, I just loved the way they played the game. Um, heads up, you could, they're just so well coached and you could, their, their technical skill level. We, we're not going to roll the audio because I think we're pissing people off with our, with our uh, hindsight mystical predictions. But I did say last week about Stephen Smith's technical ability and I said watch him on Sunday. Everything he does is technically perfect, and he kicked two of the sweetest points you'd ever see off his left foot. He never put a foot wrong in the entire game, and there was a lot of the crushed off players who were the same. There was a one stage of ball, I can't even remember what players were involved in it, but they turned over a ball, they raced up the field, and a crushed off player got the ball with his back to goal. It must have been in its possession, I would say, a tenth of a second. I don't know if you can remember the move, but it was so fast you could hardly see it. He got it before he'd almost got it he was already shaping to give the hand pass to the man off the shoulder. It was lightning. Mm. And that's how fast they moved the ball. I thought the Crushed Law were a revelation last weekend. They saved their best game for the final. And it's just the experience got cast around over the line. Yeah, bringing it back to the fact that, and, and, and the, the, the kicking, the, the, the way that they get their head up so early, the way that they look to kick and then accelerate afterwards, driving forward with, with the kick as if they're, they're, they're drawn to the ball yet again. And and it's something that going back a long time now, maybe four or five years ago, I remember having a conversation with Jimmy Higgins who would have hand all over those crush law players and their development and him telling me about sessions that they were doing and how much time they'd spend on kicking. And I remember at the time kind of thinking that, yeah, look, that's a it's it's a lovely idea in theory, but can you translate a kicking game into a very good game of football that, that leave you defensively tight enough and, and will you get the space in the modern game to get these kicks away 
and I have to say, looking on Sunday, yeah, Jimmy Higgins and and I think Philip Smith and Donald Smith, lads that were with him, I'm probably forgetting other names, but they, they, they had the vision of what this team could look like a few years back. This yeah. wasn't in the making just this year. I thought they played like Dublin played a couple of years ago. Pouring forward, attacking, lovely use of the foot pass. Dublin, Dublin have got cagey now. Everything's pre-rehearsed. And I measured. don't think it's measured and nothing is off the cuff. They never shoot from outside the 45. They never shoot from the wings. You know, everything is the process. It's boring to watch. And I, I actually think that Dublin are going to be caught because they're going to go, the, the instinctiveness has gone out of their game. And some of these days in a big game, and hopefully it'll happen in a championship because it'd be good for the game to see them beaten, they're going to get caught because someday things won't be going to plan and suddenly they'll need their instinct they'll need the player who can create something from nothing the little mm-hmm. piece of magic and he won't have it because he won't practice it but um, yeah I, I thought they were like Dublin a couple of years ago when they were breath of fresh air I'd love if Joe Brawley had seen the game because or Colin O'Rourke because they complain about the state of the game but that would really would re- restore your faith in the game and Kassaran contributed to it too there wasn't a dirty tackle in the game and it was oh, manly, manly stuff good, yeah I was just going to say lots of good hits oh there, there was there was it, like it was as it was as football as it should be played. Like yeah. if I tell you what, if every weekend we saw a game like that, stadiums would be jammed, and yeah. we wouldn't be seeing these small small attendances going to big intercounty matches because it was an absolute credit to both teams. And I just I just thought, like the defining score of the game was was Ilshin O'Connell's goal after the rebound from the penalty, um, because if he hadn't, it had to be a goal. Even a point was no good at that stage because six points up with all the momentum, fourteen minutes to go on the clock, it was Crushlaw's game and. It needed to be a massive event in in the context of the game, not only to, to claw back some of that deficit, but also to switch the momentum. And it had to be a goal. And I just thought that that Crutchlow's inexperience probably showed after they got the goal. Someone should have went there and injured. It's easy saying this in hindsight, of course. Someone should have went there and injured. Someone should have stopped them coming through. Okay, was it a penalty? I didn't think it was myself, but a lot of people thought yeah. it was. Watch the back on the BBC clip, and it's not a hundred percent clear. I'd like to be able to see it in slow motion. Maybe. I've seen a different angle on it, and um, and 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 for me, with the with the second angle on it, it is a penalty. It is a penalty. There's, there's enough. And again, could Sean Brady have stayed upright? Possibly. Was there contact? Was was there arms on his back, on his on his waist? Definitely. You know, there was well, enough. There was enough there for him to try to get the penalty, and he got it. Well, regardless of whether it's a penalty or not, um, my point is that the inexperience showed in that he shouldn't be get. He shouldn't be in that position. Coming no. as he was at pace, it was always going to be uh, very difficult to stop him. Yeah, yeah. and he, he was giving him the opportunity to maybe buy a penalty or whatever. And I'm not saying like. Like and actually, that's great experience from Sean. Like that, that, that other angle that I got from it um, was 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 behind the goals, and you can you can see where the goal goes in up the other end. Sean is actually standing in front of the Crushlaw goalkeeper at that point, and literally while the ball is coming out. Jamie Lee, he getting ready to take the kick. Sean has gone out the field. He, it, it, it's just like okay. Right, we're, we're six points down. I have to do something here. And off he goes out the field, and he runs out to the right, and then goes back around, and just basically running round. I'd say he done seven or eight hundred meters of a run to get on that ball at the end. You know, it just oldest, oldest man in the field. Just, well, I mean, like if right was right, Sean Brady was an all-star player. Like, 
No, no doubt in my mind. I always thought he was a talk about Stephen there with his textbook skills. Sean Brady is a textbook footballer. Yeah. Everything he does is the, he's done the right way. He will shield the ball brilliantly. When he can solo with both feet, he can do everything. And no, I, I'm glad to see him getting his reward. Like he should be remembered as as a great, great player. Like yeah, definitely, definitely. So, Kieran Callahan Electrical, shine a light on your future. Check out www.callahanelectrical.ie or phone zero four nine. Four three three zero double one. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead, and the surrounding counties for over fifty years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. So I suppose the only thing left to do then after talking about the wonderful county final is, is rank it. Where where does it come in? I'm thinking about the wonderful county finals, and and there were some, I suppose, entertaining county finals, as in that they were close, that there was good battles in them. From a footballing point of view, I'm struggling to think of one that that reached this level. The the one that actually comes to mind for me is actually a junior final between Arva and Kill. Yeah, that was 2014. That was 114 for Kill and 113 from Arva. There was great drama in that. Now, if you remember, Arva went. Or, sorry, that was 13. Then. Oh, sorry, 13. Sorry, 13. yeah. Kill went 140 no score up, and uh, that turned out to be the win of the game. Like they, they were 140 no score up, and in, in, in after 10 minutes, Sean Gaffney was playing brilliantly. Yeah, he finished with five frees and that brilliant goal. But Arva came right back at them in the last minute of the game, 45 meters out. Gaffney put it, put it over. I can still see it going over. <laughs> That's in my list. Uh, senior finals King scored on the Gales 2014 it had a lot it had an early that sending off Faulkner's sending off yeah the sending off the, the great recovery from King scored the drama at the end Mickey Ling at the ball in the left corner nothing happening managed to engineer a point and fist over the winner in along the end line right. that was a great final the Rammer cast around and drawn game in 2016 Rammer six points up uh, with four minutes of normal time left which is something similar to, that, to the, the recent one and Mackie got a free Sean Brady got an absolute rocket of a goal right. and Brian Coleman came up with the equalising point isn't that actually interesting too when you think about it Castle Rahan have been in that situation before that we've seen them in, against Crushalaw you know six points down county final everybody's saying they're gone and then managing to pull it out yeah look I always thought the whole thing about them being bottlers or whatever which was being said by, by somebody else thought it was very harsh it's easy to say in hindsight after they've won it that it was harsh but I always thought it was harsh I, you know if they were bottlers they wouldn't keep coming back and keep coming back yeah. like what made it look like that was probably they played a little bit too defensively at times but it took them a while as as uh, Sean Brady said to you after it took a while to learn but they have learned now Like and, and Kyogen said a very interesting thing to you as well he said about Ulster and he says we're, we're uh, okay we're first time champions but they don't fit the usual profile of a first time champion and okay they'll be pissed piss up after the game and all that and rightly so like it's well earned but they were a very, very experienced team to be winning the first 
Like yeah. very few teams will, no team in fact will be going into a, a provincial club competition as first time, first time winners having played in maybe six county finals including a replay before. So they're extremely experienced. I would be one bit surprised. I could see Castran being liberated now and going on and getting a great run in Ulster because mm. it really is bonus territory. And what sort of improvement are we going to see in Castran now that they've got this monkey off their backs? You'd have to imagine that's going to bring them on a good bit. Yeah, because. The free flow and great football that we've seen them play in spells and other times they've been a little bit tight and, and caught up. Why can't they, they can do it now? They've nothing to lose. They've, well, they've, got, they've achieved their goal. Yeah, we'll not we'll, we'll we'll not jump into that too much because on on next week's Patreon podcast we're, we're going to be previewing the uh, the first round of Ulster between Castlerahan and Coleraine. So and we're, we're joined by Derry journalist. Um, from the Derry Post, Mike, Michael McMullen. So looking forward yeah. to that one. One more game uh, for the list before you sign off was was uh, the Killing Care Ar- Arva drawn intermediate final. Yeah, well, like uh, Donald Kogan said when I said to him that was a brilliant game, you, you, you couldn't when you're when you're that closely involved. Yeah. It's hard to appreciate. Uh, like I, I got a tweet from someone there saying that they thought that that was a better game. Um, just about shaded it, and I, I couldn't. Re- I couldn't argue. I, I thought. I thought Sunday, but maybe there's recency bias there. But that game in, in 2016 was something else. Uh, the, the only thing was, at least it was decided. Sometimes a draw leaves a little bit of a hollow feeling at the end of. It. Even though you come out of it exhilarated after a draw, it's not over yet. Whereas a team's got the cup and it's done and dusted, and you can look yeah. back and go box that off and go right, great final. Yeah, yeah, true, true, great buzz from it. So. Um, yeah, let, let us know your thoughts on, on this week's podcast. We're on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter. And as I said, make sure and tune in to, if you haven't already, signed up to our um, subscription service on www.patreon.com forward slash wearecavan. Next week, we're going to be previewing um, the, uh, the the Cavan teams in Ulster, both Mullahorn and uh, and Castle Rahan. So, Hope you enjoy the podcast and hope you enjoy the weekend, which is pretty much, well, it's football free bar a reserve Division 2 final. So it's uh, it's feet up for the weekend, Paul. Feet up, feet up, maybe. Oh, best of luck to, the, to yourself and Cormac in the All-Ireland final um, Sunday. Sunday, down in Offaly, yeah. Uh, yeah fingers crossed, ner- nervous. I am a wee bit apprehensive, but uh, I'm taking inspiration from Gasran. We lost the All-Ireland final in the doubles last year, so... Um, uh, how long have you got? I can talk about this for a while. No, I was just thinking about it earlier on. Like, it would mean so much to win it. So, but it's so important now that we just don't we don't think about that and we just go in and play the game. It's just another game. So we have to approach it. So um, yeah, I'm really, really, really looking forward to it. We've been nervous, but I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, well, nerves can be a good thing if if you can if you can control them and and, and turn them into adrenaline because they they they. they all too often they can be overwhelming for lads, but you know I think I I always think nerves are a positive if you can if you can think of them as a positive. Yeah, well, you can get into that frame of mind. We'll give it our best shot, on yeah. Definitely, best of luck. So hopefully there's an All Ireland in Cavan this weekend with 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 um, all of the support of the Red Hills and the Kingscourt clans around. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great stuff. And Larry has put it over the bar. It was hard, fast football after that. You're in Cavan, nice, yeah. Was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for Cavan to get come back into the big time? And then the cave and it's over the lap and Cavan are not buried yet. Cavan doing all they could to hold their lead. To Derek McDonald, what a goal! Oh yes! And over the bar, Vincent Cahill, what a day he is having! Oh, this is brilliant by Cavan! 
Wigan farmers walking the roads near Virginia. Hurrah, yeah, hurrah, yeah.